Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Oh, God, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we worship you, Lord. You're so good, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. It's all right just to take a moment to praise the one who gave himself for us. It's all right to take a moment to worship the one who gave it all. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, God. There's none like you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, peace, peace. Hallelujah. That's what I feel in this place here today. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's nothing like having just a difficult week, a difficult weekend, walking into the presence of God and just feeling the peace of God and that love just overflowing in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, it makes all the other troubles and worries fade away. What beautiful peace. What beautiful peace. What beautiful peace. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. If you could, head in your Bibles to Matthew 26. Just a couple of things. Please remember your Friends Day teams. Captains, I'd encourage you, if you can, uh, praise God. I'm not sure what's going on with that there. There should be a background for it and everything. Not sure what's going on. Hopefully you got at least my sermon uh, title and all that there. Praise God. But but we're going to Matthew 26 and verse 31 through 35. But uh, please remember your Friends Day teams. How many of you excited about Friends Day? How many of you have invited a friend to Friends Day? Well, I was wondering, see, it got a little quieter there. Praise God. It's all right. You still have, what, two Sundays? All right. Captains, you might want to get on your team. Text them. Let them know. Hallelujah. It's coming up. And uh, give them a little warning. I believe God's going to do something great that day. Amen. I think it's going to be blessed of God, and I'm excited to see uh, what he's going to do. Also, please remember the uh, 12-hour prayer chain. Um, it, we're a little late putting the, the list out there uh, with the new way we're communicating things. That, it just caused me to forget. I apologize for that. But please don't make Brother Victor pray eight hours on Saturday. Hallelujah. So please go and sign, sign up. There's one thing that I said that we said when we were putting in the doors and finishing the trim we said we wanted to finish this thing up 
so that we could focus on prayer and outreach. This is now this is the time, hallelujah. This is the time to focus on prayer and outreach. So I ask you, please uh, take time to go and look at that and sign up for that and uh, let the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, we're going to Matthew chapter. All right, now it seems like everything's loading. We're going to Matthew 26, verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them. Now, just so you know, we're going to read a little bit here. We're going to read an entire uh, story and just the entire dialogue here. So just hold on with me, all right? Then saith Jesus unto them, All of you shall be offended because of me this night. All of the disciples would be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I have risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. You know what I love about these scriptures is God, Jesus isn't like cutting any corners or he's not giving this shrouded in a cloud, right? He's telling them straightforward What's going to happen? Verse 33, Peter answered and said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all of the disciples, we shall see about that. If you can hop over to verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Let's hop over to verse 55. They've come to take Jesus, and in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hand on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. There it is. Verse 57, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Now Peter, who was the leader of this group that claimed to never run away, never be offended, sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him, them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. 
And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. You sound like a Galilean. Then began he, look at this, he's, this time he's not just denying it, he's cursing and swearing and hallelujah. <laughs> so sometimes when you're trying to do what's wrong and it's like nobody will let you do it, you got to dig in deeper, right? You get even worse. Got to curse and swear a little. He began to curse and swear, saying, "I know not the man." And immediately, the cock crew, and Peter remembered. Everybody say remembered. The word of Jesus, which said unto him, "Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice." And he went out and wept bitterly. I know that was a lot. I have one more passage of Scripture to read in Luke chapter 9, verse 44. Then we will pray and you can be seated. Luke 9 and 44. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. This morning, I'd like to preach to you on this title, Let That Sink In. Let that sink in. Remember, let it sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. How about we talk to the Lord, ask him to speak to us. Lord God, we ask that, Lord, you would allow your word to come alive, uh, that we would know your word, that it would sink down into our hearts uh, and our souls. I pray that you would help me, Jesus, to encourage us today. Help me, Lord, to deliver this word uh, as you see fit. I love you, Jesus. Uh, I am yours, Lord God, and all that I do today, I desire it uh, to be done in the name of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. If you're going to preach with me, would you go ahead and start it out with some praise and worship today unto the Lord. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. There were several times in the ministry of Jesus Christ where he described his death and resurrection to those listening. Often it was in parables of types or illustrations, always cloud in some sort of mystery. It was never that perfectly clear until he got alone with the disciples. When he got alone with the disciples, he really, and, and again, for some reason, for so many years, I had it in my mind that he just kept it away from everybody. And in this case, he didn't. Yes, for the Jews and the Pharisees and all of them, he did not speak plainly. But to the disciples, he absolutely spoke as clear as he could as to what was about to happen. First, in Matthew 16, and, and we're going to be staying in Matthew here for a little bit, but Matthew 16, verse 21 through 23. 
Matthew 16, verse 21. It says, from that time forth. See, there came a point where Jesus began to speak as to what was to come. There came a time when he began to describe the events that would transpire. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. I mean, am I missing something here? He said plainly. He spoke specifically. It wasn't any of this, you know, three days in Jonah's, the whale's belly as Jonah. Three days, you tear down this temple, I'll raise it up again in three days. He wasn't speaking like this. He spoke plainly and clearly. I'm going to suffer many things from the elders and chief priests. They're going to kill me, but I am going to raise again the third day. That seems pretty clear to me. I think if somebody came to me and said, I'm going to suffer, they're going to kill me, but don't worry, I'm going to rise again from the grave, I'd probably remember that, right? (laughs) And to make the matters worse, Peter began to buck up against Jesus. He took him aside. He began to rebuke him. Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But but Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Now, I believe this was the flesh, the man, Jesus Christ, who was speaking to Peter and the devil and himself and saying, No, 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 Peter, don't tempt me now. Don't tempt me now. My flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Don't tempt me now. Don't be like Satan going out trying to tempt me not to fulfill my calling. Hallelujah. I think if Jesus called me Satan, I'd probably remember it. (laughs) In this passage of Scripture, Jesus predicted his suffering. He predicted his death, and he predicted his resurrection. One chapter later, we see the same thing. Matthew 17 and 22. Brother Kavan, I feel like I'm a little loud. If I am, please turn me down. If I'm not, then don't worry about it. But I feel like I'm a little loud. Matthew 17 and 22. And verse 23. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus saith unto them again, now, I know I just told you this, guys, but but I want to make sure I say it again, okay? Now, now, listen up. The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. They shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. They got sorrowful. It made them sad. It made them depressed. No wonder Jesus just told them, 
hallelujah, that he would suffer, that he would be killed, that he would raise again the third day. I think I might remember that. Uh, Once again, he predicted his betrayal. He predicted his death, and he predicted his resurrection. A third time, hallelujah. Just to make sure it's stuck, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 17. Matthew 20 and verse 17 through 19. This time, Jesus gave even more specifics. It says, Jesus going up to Jerusalem. All right, now imagine this. Jesus and the disciples. Jesus has now told the disciples two times. Just want to make sure you remember. Just want to make sure it sinks in. Now they're walking to Jerusalem for all of this to transpire, where everything's going to happen. They're walking. He said, now remember, I told you, right? We're on our way in Jerusalem. We're on our, this is the moment. The disciples, are they listening? Are they paying attention? Jesus wasn't trying to catch them by surprise. He told them every step of the way, this is going to happen. Verse 18. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the chief, unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. Verse 19. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles. They're going to mock him. They're going to scourge him. They're going to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. This time even more specific. This time he left no details out. He predicted his betrayal. He predicted his humiliation. He predicted his suffering. He predicted his crucifixion. And he predicted his resurrection. Is it sinking in yet? In our text that we read, Jesus predicted even after this, while they're sitting in the upper room, eating the meal, which he broke the bread and said, this is the broken body. And they drank of the wine and said, this is the blood of Christ. Are you not catching it just yet, disciples? There, sitting there, he began to explain to them even further, all of this is going to take place. And when it happens, you're going to be offended. Let me tell you how you're going to act. That word offended In the NIV, it says falling away. In the NLT, it says deserted him. It says you're going to desert me. He did not leave any of this up for imagination. He described perfectly how it was going to go down. He predicted that he would be smitten. He predicted that the disciples would be scattered. He predicted that he would rise again, and he even predicted that he would meet them in Galilee. And then he spoke to Peter and predicted that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster would crow. 
every step was laid out. Had they only been paying attention, they could have drawn a map as to how everything would transpire. Yet, the disciples still ran. (laughs) And really, this is the point here today. The disciples still ran. Hallelujah. Despite knowing how everything was going to go down, despite knowing exactly what was going to take place, despite knowing all of this was the plan of God, despite knowing Jesus would rise again, despite Jesus telling them specifically they would desert him, the disciples in the heat of the moment forgot all of it. It all fell away, and they walked into the very thing that they claimed only hours earlier they would never do, and they did exactly as Jesus predicted. Why is that? Well, let me tell you something. When you're in the midst of a trial and when you're in the midst of tribulation, it doesn't matter how much prophecy you have. It seems like it all fades away. But let me remind you, brothers and sisters, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus knows exactly the storm you're sitting in. He predicted all of this would happen. Be encouraged today because Jesus knows what's taking place. Oh, would you clap your hands? John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus told us this. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In this world, you are going to have tribulation. He's saying in this world, you're going to have a hard time. Oh, praise God. In this world, things are going to fall, and it's not going to be good for you. Come on, it rains on the just and the unjust. The Bible says, all who live holy shall suffer persecution. Hallelujah. I'm not going to try to tell you if you live for God, your life's going to be perfect and you're never going to go through anything. He says, in this world you shall have tribulation. He said, but you don't have to run like the disciples ran. And you don't have to deny me like Peter did. I warned you it was going to come. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's nothing you can go through which I haven't already defeated. There's nothing you can go through that I'm not already experienced experience and come out on the other side oh praise the lord hallelujah you see we're all faith filled holy ghost filled powerful anointed until the swords and the staves show up am i right Come on, am I right? You'd stub your toe. There goes the anointing. Praise God. 
I'm preaching to you just as I'm preaching to me, but I believe there's a principle here where Jesus says, listen, there's some things that you need to sink in. There's some things you need to sink in your heart and sink in your soul and sink in your mind because there are going to be tribulations and there are going to be hardships, but I'm going to carry you through it all. I need you to understand. I need this to get inside of you. I need you to know this. I need this to sink in. Hallelujah. Even though the Son of Man shall be betrayed, he will be crucified. He will rise again the third day. I need you to know this. Oh, Pastors aren't supposed to complain, right? Forgive me. I'm going to complain just a little bit. We were so excited this weekend to go to district conference. It's a conference in Ocala, Florida for UPCI members, which we're a part of. And uh, we got a chance to go. Thousands of people come together from all over Florida and worship God and have services and all of that. We were excited to go. My, our car, if you had not noticed, one of our headlights has been broken and we needed to fix it before we went. Um, contrary to my wife's advice, I decided to wait till the day of to fix it. We had ordered the light a couple months ago. I just hadn't gotten around to putting it in yet. I did make sure that it was the right light to the car. Uh, so I went in the garage and I made sure I got up early enough, had plenty enough time. I went in and, you know, these cars these days, it's not easy just to change a, a light. Hallelujah. Headlight. You got to take the bumper off, take the grill off. Hallelujah. I did all that. It took me an hour to figure out how to get the screws undone. Some of them were being angry with me and <clears throat> And I was being a little angry with them. Hallelujah. Finally got it off, took the headlight off. It just broke to pieces in my hands. And it was all right. It was the old one. It just broke to pieces in my hands. I just tossed it aside. You know, God bless you. See ya. Went and grabbed the new headlight. Went to go put it in. And I realized it was on the wrong side. I went and checked. I ordered the right one. They sent us the driver's side light rather than the passenger side light. Hallelujah. I'm happy you guys are feeling this pain. You're making me feel good today. Hallelujah. Because that's exactly how I felt. I said, oh, man. What are we going to do now? So, you know, we look into renting a car. That was going to cost hundreds of dollars. Oh, we can't do that. Thankfully, they're, they're sending us the right light. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I can at least get that fixed. But we can't take the car now because it doesn't have a headlight. Can't put the old one in because it fell to pieces. So now we're stuck. I call my parents. They usually got a couple vehicles that we can drive, you know. So it wasn't too bad. Well, they tell me, well, our truck, you can drive that. But the last time we drove it, the power steering kept going out in the middle of driving. Three times in just a few miles it went out. 
Well, I can't take that. The kids are, you know, I got kids in the car. Well, you can take our car, but you're going to have to jump it every time you start it. Uh, you know, at that point, we were about ready to call in the towel or throw in the towel. We, we went, let's just cancel. Let's cancel. We got an Airbnb. Let's cancel it. We'll watch from YouTube. We called the Airbnb. Oh, can't cancel it. Well, you know, jump-starting a car isn't that bad, huh? So we get in the car, and every time we stop it and turn it off, we got to jump-start it to keep going. It's huffing and puffing on me. We barely get there. It just seemed like everything from there went wrong. Every waiter or waitress got everything wrong. Every, everything, every detail went wrong. The kids were crazy. I mean, you'd, you'd think that they were, you know, drinking gallons of coffee or something before every service. I didn't catch a single moment of the services. Hallelujah. I tried to take little William into the Sunday school service they have, special Sunday school service. He just cried the whole time. That poor kid needs a cut, the cord cut. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you what. <laughs> Coming home, I just felt discouraged. I just felt bleh. I just felt like, what in the world is going on in my life? What is this? <laughs> Hallelujah. Then last night I started praying. I said, God, what do you want me to preach on? And I, God reminded me of this sermon. I started looking into it, and man, did I feel bad. I just thought in all of this, how could I have forgotten? Hallelujah, how good you are. Hallelujah, all these inconveniences are nothing compared to the fact that you died on the cross, that you rose again the third day. You told me in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good courage, for I have overcome. Come on now. I'm trying to preach to some people who your life has been rough and things have been difficult. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Come on, we need this to sink in. No matter how bad things are, God is still good. Hallelujah. Sorrow may last for the night. Mourning may last for the night. But joy cometh in the morning. Things might be bad now, but just hold on. Because Jesus is going to make it all right. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Oh, Sunday. Through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I know in my attitude sometimes I feel separated because I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm discouraged. Hallelujah, I'm doubtful. Hallelujah, but let me tell you, all of those things will never separate you from the love of Christ. And nothing that occurs in your life means that there's not hope still yet. Oh, praise God. 
For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Look at this next verse, verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, it is expected that we should be what we should at times fall in tribulation. It's expected that we should fall in distress. It's expected that we should fall in persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yea, but in all these things, we are more than conquerors who this him that loved us. What I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what you're going through. You're coming out more than a conqueror. You're coming out of that thing. And you're going to be better than you were when you went in it. Because that's how Jesus works. If you believe that, would you stand to your feet? Clap your hands. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's easy to forget. That's why the psalmist said in Psalms 103 and 1, he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes I just got to command myself. Yeah, let God command me. Sometimes I got to command myself. Sometimes I got to say, Aaron, me and you better get your rear end up and start blessing the Lord. I know things are going bad. I know things are difficult right now. But bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why is that? Verse 2. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Come on, has it sunk in just yet? Has it sunk in just yet that the Lord's going to keep you? Has it sunk in just yet that the Lord's going to provide for you? Has it sunk in just yet that the Lord's going to take care of your family? Has it sunk in just yet that you're in the master's hands? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. You need to remember all of the benefits of having him as your father. Hallelujah. We're going to quote. We're going to say all these. Every time I'm done, I want you to say Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse number three. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things? If Jesus did it for him, he'll do it for you. If he did it back then, he'll do it for you. He is still my forgiver. He is still my healer. He is my redeemer. He crowns me with loving kindness. He satisfies my mouth. That's the God I serve today. 
What I'm saying is, the Lord Jesus warned the disciples. Yet when the time came, they did not remember. Oh, God help us to remember in the midst of our struggles and our trials that the Lord is good and he's going to take care of us even when it looks dark and grim. My God is a healer. He's a supplier. He's a way maker. And when it's hard to remember, John 14, 26, when it's hard to remember, 26 through 27. Hallelujah, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. What I have said unto you, the Holy Ghost is going to remind you everything is going to be okay. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will remind you you're still in my hands. The Holy Ghost will remind you, hallelujah, though you have fallen, you shall not be utterly cast down. You are more than a conqueror. What is impossible with men is possible with God. Come on, the Holy Ghost will remind you of the promises of the Lord and remind you that he said he's going to take care of you and he said he's going to provide for you. The Holy Ghost will remind you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, remember, because the world gives tribulation. But I'm giving you peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I know this is easy to rejoice and talk about this here in the middle of a church service, right? When we've got faith-filled people. But what I'm talking about is at the late, at late at night when you get that bad news of that loved one passing or in the doctor's room when you get another bad report. Hallelujah. Or when you're in the bank looking at your bank account and everything seems grim. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. My spirit has I have I given you you. My peace I have given you. Not as the world giveth. I give you a peace that the world can't take away. I give you a peace that the world can't steal from you. Remember and let your heart not be troubled. Oh, don't be afraid when things happen. Don't be afraid when the swords and the staves come. Don't be afraid when it's time for Jesus to be arrested. I've already told you it's going to happen. And I've already made a way. <laughs> Somebody say he's already made a way. He's already made a way. Hallelujah. He's already made a way. Hallelujah. This is why it's so important to hear preaching. It's why it's so important to get our nose in the word of God. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. 
Because there's going to be days, and I pray, I pray this week when things start getting difficult for you, this sermon will pop up into your mind, and the Holy Ghost will bring it back into remembrance, and it'll fill you with the same faith you're feeling today. And you'll be reminded, oh yeah, it's going to be all right. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's what the Holy Ghost does. But the Holy Ghost needs something to draw from. Hallelujah. If you've not put it in here, the Holy Ghost has no way of bringing it back to your remembrance. That's why Psalms 119 and 10, 10 and 11. Hallelujah. The psalmist wrote Psalms 119 verse 10 and 11. With my whole heart... I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I've let your word sink in. As Jesus said, let these things sink down into your ears. I've let the word sink into my heart. I've hidden the word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Because I want to follow his commandments. I'm going to allow the word to sink in. See, that's the benefit we have over Peter. At that point, Peter had not received the Holy Ghost. There was nothing to draw those words of Jesus back to his remembrance. There's nothing to remind him. But we who are spirit-filled, we've got no excuse. For the word of God is inside of us. And the spirit of God draws out those scriptures and those words and reminds us. Hallelujah. Cast thyself down from hence, Jesus. For it is written, angels shall pick thee up and carry thee, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. See, the devil knows the word too. But what did Jesus do? He drew from a well of knowledge of Scripture. And he says, thus saith the word of God, tempt not the Lord thy God. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Can I tell you, we need a well of the promises of God. We need the words of God to sink down into the well of our heart. Hallelujah. So that every time the devil starts to tempt us, we remind him of the Word of God. We remind Him of what Jesus has spoken to us. This may seem simple, but let me tell you, this is a little teachy here today. This will change your life. This will protect you from sin. This will help you in the middle of tribulation. Oh, Peter, had you remembered that Jesus said, before the cock grow three times, you would deny me. Had you remembered Scripture, perhaps, had you had a well to draw from. 
you would not have denied him. Remember, Peter, remember before it's too late. Hallelujah. Can I preach to you? We've got to remember before it's too late. We've got to have that well of water inside of us for the Spirit of God to draw out of. This is why I put Scripture to remembrance and I memorize them. This is why I study the Word of God. This is why I listen to sir, uh, sir, preaching. Oh, I've heard that sermon a million times. Good. Maybe this time it'll sink in a little bit deeper. Maybe this time it'll go in a little bit deeper. How full is your well here today? How full is your well? Won't you look to somebody next to you and ask them, how full is your well? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This week you're going to need the word. Hallelujah. You're going to need the word. You're going to need the word. Whether it be because of temptation or tribulation, you're going to need the word. Hallelujah. But hear me today. You are more than a conqueror because I've got word for that. Hallelujah. You shall overcome. How do I know? Because i got word for that. Jesus said it. Hallelujah. You're going to have peace. How do I know? Because the the world brings tribulation, but my God brings peace. I've got word for that. If we could stand here today. Hallelujah. I've got word for it. That is the reason this morning. And this sermon stands alone. But that is exactly the reason why we do communion. Communion is not something that is meant to be highly supernatural. It's not the partaking of a physical body or physical blood. But it is done that we may always remember what the Lord has done for us. Because no matter how difficult my weekend has been, when I started to remember what he went through, it doesn't even matter. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to go through communion before we do our altar call. I would invite everyone who would like to do communion to come up to this altar area. The children, your parents need to decide for the children. The scripture does tell us this, that no man should partake unworthily. In other words, you should not partake in communion knowingly having unrepented sin in your heart. Now, that doesn't mean that you're struggling with something. You're trying to overcome something, but you've truly repented in your heart. That's a different story. If you truly repented in your heart, then Jesus has forgiven you. And by the blood of the Lamb, you've already been made worthy. Amen? So before anybody comes down, I would like for us to bow our heads and say a word of repentance unto the Lord, O oh Jesus.
God, you see our hearts. You see our minds. You know, Lord Jesus, our temptations and our sins. You know what we do knowingly, what we do unknowingly. You know what we do, Lord Jesus, out of a desire from our heart. And you know what we do, Lord Jesus, because we're still fighting that fight. But I pray right now you would forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, God. I pray that you would cleanse me of any unrighteousness in my heart. Anything I've done or I've said or looked at or listened to that, Lord God, you did not approve of. I ask your forgiveness. I ask forgiveness for the sins I've knowingly committed. And God, I make a decision today to turn my back on that thing and to never do it again. Though temptation may befall me, it is in my heart, Lord, to never do that thing ever again. Hallelujah. And I am running towards you today, Jesus. I've changed my direction from that sin. And now I'm facing you, Lord God. And Lord, I repent of the sins I've unknowingly committed, the things I've done that I didn't know were wrong. I ask you to forgive me of those sins and cleanse me right now in the name of I ask you, Lord Jesus, to cleanse us in this place. Oh, that's right. That's right. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. That doesn't mean you have to note every single sin. It just means you have to know that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I need you to wash me. Oh, Jesus, Lord, wash us, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're not going to rush repentance right now. It's okay to take a moment just to repent and let it out unto the Lord. Oh, God, wash me, cleanse me. God, make me holy as you are holy. My only hope is you, Jesus. I cannot be holy in myself. Lord God, I need you to wash me. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And now I would like to invite everyone who'd like to participate today in this communion service to come down and just come stand down here in the altar area. If I could have Brother Kavan, if you could help me there and gather down in this altar area as 
the ushers, Brother Kavan, comes by, just take of the 